Hey, this is Jacqueline. Thank you so much for tuning into Current Mood. I really enjoy doing the show and putting it together, but it does not happen all by myself. <laughs> Let me tell you. I have an incredible producer, Jarrell Perry, a network of truly supportive family and friends, and also listeners. Thanks, guys. And I also use Anchor, which is a really cool way to make a podcast. With the Anchor app, you can record and distribute your podcast. You can also track your analytics. You can have music to your podcast. It's a really neat platform and has totally expanded the way that I do storytelling. Um, if you wanted to check it out, you could download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. I live not too far from my gym and we go work out seven in the morning, Mondays and Wednesdays. And without fail, 630, I wake up. I'm just kind of like, I'm trying to go to the gym right now. And then I think about it, I was like, here's some facts. <laughs> You're already awake. It's a 10-minute bike ride away. Yes. Your father is sick. He cannot do this. And you are able-bodied. Facts. You have no reason not to go and show up. And I realized, like, if I don't show up for myself in that way, no one else can show up for me like that. Came up with another, so I'm thankful. You know I got to get into the bank. Close facts, bro. Facts, bro. Hey, welcome to the Current Mood Podcast. This is your host, Jacqueline Marie. This is a space where we sit down and tell stories at the intersection of music, technology, and culture. And I'm super excited to have you listen to this next conversation that I had with Anthony Demby, founder of Humble Riot. Ant and I talk about a lot of super light topics such as reframing masculinity. <laughs> uh, we talk about self-care and kind of how it's taboo. We talk about how to identify the need for balance in your life, why taking care of yourself, your mental and physical health is actually very cool. And, um, you know, some of the recommendations that Ant has and, and, and some of the, the tools that he keeps in his toolbox to keep everything balanced and together. We had a really nice talk. Welcome to Current Mood. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's really nice that you were able to come. Can you tell the people who you are? My name is Anthony Demby. Um, from Houston, Texas. Currently residing in Brooklyn for a minute. Founder of Humble Riot. Fire. So Ant is one of these people that uh, kind of just comes into your life at a time when uh, you need him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and he was one of those people who came into my life, um, in a, in a transitional time and it's always very supportive and, and very open-minded. Um, so thank you for being. It's an honor. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really thank you for, for being here for me and for like showing me a lot of new perspective and, in a variety of, um, life things. You've done the same for me as well too. <sighs> what? Thank you. <laughs> What I want to talk about today is um, is self care. Oh man, <laughs> I know it's it's a buzzy topic, and um, perhaps even a taboo word. But uh, you are you are a handful of people that I, I do like to talk about these kinds of things with, and I think you have a lot of interesting perspective. And yeah, I just want to open it up to you. Like, what is your perspective on self care? Like, what do you what does that say to you? For me, I mean, self care is the foundation of everything right so and it's really an opportunity to be honest with yourself and 
meet yourself where you are in real time, whether you're having a great day, whether you're having the worst day ever, whether you don't really know what you're having. (laughs) It's important, you know, just acknowledge where you are. Right. And for Mm -hmm. myself, like that's my priority in the morning. Mm-hmm. I focus on my self-care before I start my day so I can give to myself. So by the time I'm on the clock for the rest of the world, I'm already taken care of. Mm. I'm using that nurturing to fuel the rest of my day. Wow. That's so logical. <laughs> <laughs> like, it makes so much sense. Sounds easy, right? But uh, yeah. yeah. So what percentage of your life would you say you've spent with a morning routine, like a morning self-care routine? Dude. Like, so <laughs> yeah, I really started when... I was halfway towards the end of being an artist manager. Ooh. When I was a manager, I mean, you know, the first fruits of my labor, my energy and everything went to my clients. Who, who were some of your clients? Um, Childish Gambino, respecting him for killing it last night. Those Grammy, Ooh. those trophies. Um, Quadrant, work with John Legend, Black Eyed Peas, many other artists. Wow. Okay. And um, But I was giving, 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 right? And mm-hmm. I didn't really discover self-care until I had to. Mm. when life started collapsing on me and you know i've told you before and i live by this like you know the world responds to you how you treat yourself Mm. right and Mm -hmm. i wasn't being good to myself of being overly in service to others Mm. right Mm -hmm. and i just take a beat and stop was there a tipping point or a moment where you're like nah fuck this (laughs) just like well i mean ours management is hard as fuck sometimes Yeah, yeah yeah you know you know that but like just I wasn't feeling good about where I was, you know, either, you know, even, even when my artists are doing well, I wasn't physically feeling well. Really? So I wasn't optimal. Right. Mm. And it's because I wasn't dealing with things that my needs, my wants, my desires, I put those way in the background, even forgot about them. Mm -hmm. And I just feel life is about balance. Mm -hmm. So self-care is what you taught me about balance. You know, (laughs) when I think of balance, I think of like, Yogi, like I know, this, right? Tree pose and shit like that. <laughs> yeah, that's what like most of America thinks about self care, like right. yeah, balance. Like, uh, <laughs> for sure, bro. Um, but it's so real. Uh, wh- I mean, what's balance look like for you? Just being able to see the beauty in both sides, you know, like wow. And that's not always easy. I'm not great at that, you know. But I, I, I try to work on that as much as I can, right? And what yeah. I mean by that is, you know, we're always taught, you know. Think positive, you know, the law of attraction. Yeah. You know, that's great, you know, but if you focus so much on those things and you focus so one so much on one side of the spectrum, yeah, that leaves room for shadow. Oh. And you gotta deal with that stuff too. You know, so I think life is I've learned I've been learning that life is about moderation and learning mm-hmm. how you coexist within both sides, mm-hmm. you know. And it's not always easy. You know, mm-hmm. I don't always get it right, but you know, that's something I am aware of now. How do you know when you got it right? How do you feel? I feel in alignment. I just feel easy. easy you know, like, yeah. you know, I feel I'm aware of what my triggers are. I'm aware that I have triggers. You know, mm. I'm just, I'm focused on being versus doing, mm. which is different. Yeah. Being versus doing. Doing is, is kind of like the never not working Mm-hmm. Like team no sleep, team no sleep. That's bullshit. They sleep, we grind. Mm-mm. Like nah, you need to sleep. No, nah, you gotta sleep, fam. <laughs> <laughs> like it's funny because I actually still do run into people and see people around. They're like, yeah, bro, I pulled a whole night or did. I'm like, you look terrible. <laughs> you should get some. <laughs> you look wild right now. Yeah, you know? like, like <laughs> you're crazy. And, and as an entrepreneur, I thought I had to do that. 
Right. You know, I know. I feel you. I mean, feel society you. dictates that, you know, like, if you're sleeping, you, you're not working, right? You're not making money. I'm like... <laughs> you're not recharging. Facts. But, like, the thing is, like, you have to recharge, yeah. you know, and you don't have to. At a certain point, when you're, when you're firing like that, your brain's like, you can keep typing this computer. I'm over here chilling. I'm not doing anything right now. Right. You're just functioning at this point. Right. So just being able to know when, okay, I'm at my limit. Let me just walk around for a second. Let me yeah. just shake some stuff off, and then maybe I can go back to this, you know? Right. Do you feel <laughs> like... From your perspective, that you've been kind of socialized into into you know the way that you um, thought about self care, or or even the fact that you could express that you were feeling emotional about something. I think for me, <clears throat> I've been meditating for over ten years now, wow. and I think that just made me aware. Ten years every day. Pretty much, yeah. I miss a day here, yeah, two or there, but when yeah. I miss it, I feel it, right? Yeah. So like, I feel like. As I start meditating, I become aware, I became aware of the new sides of myself and things that I wanted to focus more on, things I wanted to deal with, right? Mm-hmm. And that made me, that they made their vulnerability come out over time, mm-hmm. you know? And I, would, I was able to start talking about that and just like really, luckily I was around a lot of supportive people and community and my teachers in different ways who let me feel safe to open up about stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Because I mean, that's, we all deal with stuff, right? You know, but we don't feel the safety like, you know, if I tell this person I'm doing this, I'm going to look crazy to them. Right. But that person could be going through the same thing right now. And they're waiting for you to say something about it. <laughs> they, they're scared to say something about it, you know. We so it's our a, own brand of crazy. Uh, exactly. You know, like, <laughs> I'm fine, bro. You look <laughs> crazy right now, though. You know, like, so being able to talk about yeah. those things, you know, and, and I think, I hope I'm answering your question, but like yeah. being meditation put me in a state of just calm and awareness to let me, and even when you meditate, things come up for you, mm, right? And mm-hmm. you go like, oh, that's that's uncomfortable. You know, right. so w- why is that bothering me? So you start exploring things with yourself. Yeah, that's that the beginning for me. Yeah, when you started to to explore things for your for yourself to get it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the exploration, I mean, that's a constant exploration. Yeah. Like, how did you know it was okay to explore those things? Because um, I felt the release from exploring them or at least talking about them. Like, did you have mentors around or, or people in your life that were like, yeah, this is okay. Yeah. I mean, I've had a lot of spiritual mentors. Okay. You know, I call them team spirit and they're all <laughs> different kinds of people that most of them don't even know each other. Like okay. Reiki masters, intuitive coaches, medium psychics. My mom won't want to hear about any of this right now. <laughs> I remember one time when I first started Humble Riot, I shared my Google calendar with my mom because she was like on the staff. Oh she would help. Gosh. She would help me book travel and like do research for me things because she was retired at the time. Yes. And I put on my calendar appointment with my shaman. Right. <laughs> so my mom's on my calendar one day. She was like, "What'd you do today?" I was like, "I had a meeting." She was like, "Who's your shaman?" <laughs> and I grew up in a Christian household, so the shaman thing wasn't. Right. really a thing in my right. house. So we'd had that conversation and it was uncomfortable. We got through it over time, but I have a lot of people just, I have a lot of teachers around me who are informing me in different ways, you know, and, and the teaching for them, it wasn't like, you should do this. It was like, Hey, look at this. <laughs> right. Did right. you know that you're doing this? Right. <laughs> you know, did you know, why do you do that? You know, like it wasn't like, it was never dogmatic. Like you should be doing this, right. you know, right. are you aware of this? You know, this could be happening because you're probably thinking about this. It was, it was always like, right. 
them dropping breadcrumbs and me saying, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, and, like, and following that, you know? Yeah. So. Do you feel like your masculinity and, you know, your femininity plays a lot into your, your self-care practices? I think so. I feel like masculinity needs to be redefined. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, you know, I was taught just by being a man growing up, you know, that I'm the breadwinner. I'm the, I'm the strong one. You know, mm-hmm. you can't be weak, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like by doing that, a lot of men keep that inside. Mm-hmm. So they struggle and suffer in silence, right? When the strength is actually from talking about, oh, bro, I'm scared of this shit, bro. You're like, <laughs> yeah. talk about these things, yeah. right? But we're taught not to do that, you know? So having to unlearn that, you know? And then yeah. when I think of femininity, I think about, I think men can be very fixed, mm. you know? Like we're, we can get very fixed in our views. And mm. I feel like women, femininity is very fluid. Mm-hmm. It's very like, it can be temporary, Mm-hmm. But there's an ease with it, right? So mm-hmm. how do you navigate the polarity of both those things? I don't know, man, but you sound like Bobby right now. <laughs> shout out to Bobby right shout now. Shout out. <laughs> Bobby Lyle. Shout outs. The realist. <laughs> yeah. I had like all this stuff I wanted to ask you about masculinity and music industry and like all this stuff because I've been listening to like earlier today I was watching this video with Bell Hooks and um Kevin um I'm spacing out on his last name right now, but they were talking about black masculinity mm-hmm. and they were just talking about how, you know, just a lot of black men growing up, their relationship with their fathers really, really set the trajectory for their entire emotional life, yeah. which is true for any person with parents. Right. Yeah. But specifically um, with men and black men and, and kind of like this kind of like cycle of um, what she, what bell hooks is describing as um and I'm, I'm missing the terms right now, but she was talking about this just kind of like unwanted feeling and just kind of mm. filling that void. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's a very personal thing. But <laughs> No, I mean, <laughs> black was... masculinity is a whole other layer. Yeah. Because yeah. you're dealing with the manhood part, then you're dealing with you're black in America. Right. And like the lineage of that, right. you know, and right. how do you, you know, authentically know your past but not allowed to limit your present and your future. How do you move? How do you reconcile that with yourself? Right. Without you know? knowing the facts. Exactly. You know, like, <laughs> right. like I, I know like for myself, like when I walk into a room and everyone looks at me in my mind, they're not looking at my shoes. I mean, looking I am. at me. Well, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm always looking at your shoes. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. This is very true. But you guys like, could only see your shoes right now. <laughs> these, these are the rainy day shoes, but like, <laughs> no, but, I think about, you know, why am I being looked at right now? Is it because I'm black? And like, and also I navigate in a lot of homogenous communities mm. where I'm like one of few or one. Mm. Right. So I think about why am I the only one? Do they see me as not being a black person? Like, what is it about right, me right. that makes me have access to this, these things? Yeah. You know, but at the same time, I think about, there's an empowering way for me to be in these things to open up these communities for other people too. hundred percent. You know, so I, so now I flip my, my thinking to that. So I'm curious, like, I mean, I know some of your practices and like mm-hmm. some of the stuff you do, but where did you learn about this stuff? Like, are there books that have come into your life that were really helpful? Are yeah. there people that left a quote with you one day? Did some guy on the street yell something at you and you were like, Hey, for sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, well, I, where are you getting all the tools? I feel like, 
there's always tools around us. They can mm-hmm. be from your college professor, your cousin, the homeless woman on the corner. Yeah. If you're open to receiving, right? Yeah. And I feel like there's always the divines always find a ways to drop nuggets in if you're if you're listening and keen to it, right? Mm-hmm. So I've had a lot of teachers spiritually mentors, things like that. I've been a mentor to others and I've learned from people I've mentored mm-hmm. as well. Um I listen to a lot of podcasts, you know, on I don't call it self help, but like self exploration, mm-hmm. you know. I love Oprah Super Soul Sunday. Oh my God, me too. I was it's listening the to the Eckhart Tolle one this Man, weekend. I, I have the book in my bag right now. So, <laughs> so good. So, so I'm glad you mentioned that. So, like, even yeah. like A New Earth, right? Yeah. Books like that blow my mind because it, it breaks life down into a very simple, infantile space. Yeah. Like thinking about like a flower, right? We pass flowers every day on the street, right? It wasn't easy for that flower to be there. You know, <laughs> think about how that flower came to existence and how that's a representation of something bigger. Right. But we yeah. step on that shit going, going down the subway steps. Right. Uh-huh. But that thing came, it emerged. Right. And I think about, <clears throat> um, I'm really fascinated about reading about the ego right now, mm-hmm. whether that be reading like Daring Greatly by Brene Brown or reading, um, New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. But like one of my favorite books about that is, um, The Untethered Soul. By Michael Singer. Oh, okay, yeah. Fam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This book was liberating for me because it breaks down, he talks about that voice in your head, how we're so conditioned to think that voice is us, but like <laughs> we're actually the observer of the voice. Oh, that's facts. And yeah. how to change your dynamic with the voice, right? And, mm. and it's, it's caused me to think about, you know, I think about if that voice in my head were a real person, would I want to hang out with that dude? Absolutely not. Probably not, right? Uh, so I think of that dude as my roommate. I'm like, my roommate, what's he saying right now? Oh, you sound crazy, fam. What do you, what? They did what because of, like, stop. You sound, so I, now it's it's humorous because I can change, I can separate myself yeah. from the chatter. Right. For the most part. Yeah. You know, but I still drop into it as well, too, because, I mean, that's ego is it's sneaky, right? So I'm really yeah. fascinated by learning about my ego. And that ego, not in an arrogant way, just learning about that the dude riding shotgun in my head all the time. <laughs> right. You know? Always always called shotgun. Always called shotgun. I heard something recently. This woman was describing, she, she was talking about the ego and the mm-hmm. voice, the, the crazy voice. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about, she used the example of, you know, if I wouldn't talk, she has kids. She, if, I, if I wouldn't talk to my kids like that, I decided that mm. I shouldn't talk to myself like that. Mm. <laughs> so that's like that's real. Yeah, that was her. You know, if you wouldn't talk to someone else like that, like why would you be talking to yourself like that? Right. So destructive. Like why? Yeah, why? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like I think the ego. What I've learned just in my reading and studying that it's designed to protect whatever identity you've created for yourself. Right. Right. So yes. like, if anything yes. is messing with, you know, the aesthetic. Hold on, we got to sh- hold up. Don't call her back because mm. she said this to you. You know why I didn't email you back, right? It's always protecting <laughs> yeah. the fortress, yeah. right? When the fortress is is made up. Right. You know? So how do you... It's about, you know, reconciling that and learning, like, you know, okay, I hear what you're saying. You sound crazy right now, fam. Like, being able to just to separate yourself from that, you know? So but also ha- acknowledging it first, too. Yeah. You can't just ignore it. It's not going to go anywhere. Right. So then you, like, you identify it and you, then you have to acknowledge it. Acknowledge it's like, I hear you. I you know, thanks for sharing. <laughs> Hey, do the dishes now. Yeah, you know what? Pay these bills real quick. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. 
So how do you deal with working in the music and entertainment industry? Um, you know, I guess I would say culture industry mm-hmm. um, with these ego practices that you're you're breaking down in your head when that's in, this industry is really based on the ego and, yeah. and operating, you know, around, you know, archaic structures that do involve a lot of ego. Um, how do you navigate you know, your self-care and your, your balance and keep your balance and stay straight when you're, you're, you know, potentially bombarded a lot by the work that you do. That's a good question. I feel like the way I've been approaching it recently is like, since I'm aware of so many things about myself and how this self operates, Mm -hmm. right? So when I'm dealing with someone who's coming from that perspective, I do my best to acknowledge their humanity and just know like, that's another person who has a voice in their head too, you know, <laughs> their voice is a little bit wilder than mine at the moment, but like that, per- that person has an identity too, you know? So right. how do you like try to find, try to see myself and others? I feel like most people we have a problem with because yeah. they're reflecting something else of ourselves. Right. So yes. how do you try to find humanity in people, you know? And like, and luckily, I've been through a lot in the music business from being, you know, a manager for a long time to working at labels mm-hmm. to doing soundtracks and brand stuff. Like, I've seen a lot. So yeah. I can, I'm able to identify where someone is based on where they're coming, what they're saying. I was like, oh, yeah, I've been that dude before. <laughs> I feel you, fam. Like, I, and not demonize them. Just yeah, say, I understand yeah, like, that because I've, I've been in that hungry, yeah, you know, like, or I'm feeling myself. I've, I've been in those places before, so I know how to acknowledge it sure. without making them wrong about it right you know yeah that's that kind of that was actually something i struggled with when i started to become more aware of my ego mm-hmm. and, and like deconstruct what the voice mm-hmm. is you can recognize people for for their differences mm-hmm. but at the same time like you shouldn't ever have to demonize them or make them feel bad about it you know yeah. like that making putting someone in a in a, in a, a harsh light doesn't ever change anything <laughs> yeah. you know and it doesn't help you at the end of the day i yeah. feel like i think we're our ego is so conditioned to make us always the one who's right yeah right so if we're right that means someone else has to be wrong right it can never be they feel this way i feel that way it has to be like they're mutually exclusive right which is not true and <laughs> at the end of the day like it it hurts it hurts both sides yeah you know yeah but i think it hurts us more yeah yeah, yeah, I also feel like if if things were that easy, then there wouldn't be any innovation either. You know, like mm-hmm. there couldn't be like, I feel this way and you feel that. No, people have to, you constantly have to be thinking of other ideas. Yeah, there has know? to be some discourse and there has to be some dissonance in that discourse yeah. for things to break through. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, we talked about this a lot and I think it's really helpful maybe if we have another conversation about it right now. Okay. Because the more I talk to different people going going through things in their lives, mm-hmm. the more I bring up the fact that I work with a coach mm-hmm. and how helpful it was and how helpful it still continues to be mm-hmm. um, and how it's okay and how it's not a therapist mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, all of these things. Um, do you want to speak a little bit about your experience working with, with coaches throughout your, yeah, I mean, your development? Yeah, it's, uh, Bobby's been the person... Bobby Lyle has been the person I work with the most continuously as a coach for like the last two years. Mm-hmm. And he's allowed me to see myself in a new way, you know, and allow me to merge, emerge as a different part of myself. Why is that important? Just to embrace myself where I am, 
you know, like as an entrepreneur, a lot of time everything is on me, right? All the time. All the time. <laughs> yeah. Fact. Yeah. No pressure. All the time, right? <laughs> so with that being said, I think I have to have all the answers, right? Right. And sometimes, you know this, you just don't have the answer. You know, no. you just don't know. Sometimes I'm like, what am I doing right now? What, 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 what am I thinking right now? Right. What, where do I go from here, right? Yeah. And he gave me the ability to see that that's actually a state of being. Not knowing is still a state of being. It's not stagnation. That's just where you are right now. Acknowledge mm. that. Embrace that. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it's okay not to know because when you admit to not knowing something, you can surrender. Yeah. And when you surrender, new things can emerge out of that. It's the path of least resistance. Exactly. You just yeah. let us say, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And you just drop the ego, drop the guard, like, and then you can eventually embody a new perspective because you let go of what you thought you knew. Right. And, and what you thought the answer was. Right. You know? Something new emerges. Exactly. And like Bobby's helped me. You see, never even consider. You never even consider. Ever. Every no is impossible. <laughs> right. You know, like it just pops up. Like, exactly. Like, I remember Bobby, like at the end of last year, he had me break down like I guess my wins or successes from last 2018. Mm-hmm. And I named them out to him and he said, okay, which ones of those did you plan for? It was like 30%. Word. So the other 70, I had no idea they were even coming. Right. They just happened. Right. You know, or they, they came into my existence. I was like, damn, <laughs> I never, I never thought about that before, you know? And yeah. he's, he's helped me be actively in my life, but also at the same time, step back away from it with a macro view and look at my life too. It's mm-hmm. almost like I'm walking on the ground but also, I'm a drone above me, looking down at myself and saying, "Oh, turn left here." <laughs> Probably should stop walking. You know, I, I can see yeah. these dual perspectives. Right. I was able, I was only so focused on my t- on this view for so long, yeah. but now I can embody. He showed me how to embody multiple multiple perspectives. You know, me, me too. Which is a blessing because <laughs> I, I was I never knew why I got stuck, and he he and, and the toolbox is so robust now. I can mm-hmm. always access those things in real time. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I'm being a brat or when I'm, <laughs> when I'm feeling unresourceful, I have tools to deal with that. Let me just take a beat. Let me stop, you know? What's your favorite go-to tool? Breathing, man. <laughs> breathing? Deep breathing is, is real. And just, I've learned for myself, I need to have movement. Yeah. So when I feel stuck in the morning, like when I feel stuck in anything, I just, let, let me get up, let me walk for a second. Let me just walk around. Yeah. Like yesterday I was working on a project for a client and I was sitting for hours just banging on my computer <laughs> and I found myself stuck on something. I was like, let me just, let me just walk around the block for right, a second. Let right. me just move, you know, yeah. like, and something came to me on that walk. It's amazing. It's so simple, right? Yeah. Something so simple that you can do. Mm-hmm. It's always available all the time. It's always available, <laughs> you know, but I think if we're so stuck in a perspective or mindset, we don't know these things are available. Right. You know? So how do you talk about these topics and like, you know, bettering yourself with, with younger people that you, you meet? Just open and honest, you know, like, you know, luckily I've been able to be a mentor for a lot of people and be, you know, whether it be a guest lecturer or teacher at universities and things like that. So I'm able to share my experience with people, you know, and I can share like a, you know, a, a positive story. You know, something mm-hmm. to happen or when I have but say, you know, but here's, let me show you how I got to this. Right. And there's some failure in there. You know, there's failure, yeah. there's, there's challenges in there. Let me show you how I got to, how I, how this emerged 
for me. Yeah. It wasn't just a straight line as it may appear on this. Like it, there was a journey to get here. Right. You know? Yeah. So I'm able to share that. And a lot, I, I feel like the youth right now are just more empathetic than we were growing up. Mm. Cause they just have like thinking about like one of the good sides of social media in my eyes is like community. Mm-hmm. People can share things they're interested in and they build resonance with other people sure. so they can just see each other, you know, all around, around the world. And it's made people a little bit softer in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and they're more flexible, more open. So, and I know I didn't have that growing up. Yeah. You know, I was like, this is, I'm on this right here. You what know, you you're over music, music. Like I was, that was my thing, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, and they're just people more open and receptive. And I think my life is navigating me in a way where I had to be that way. Like I remember when I first started my career, I just wanted to do A&R. Really? I wanted to sign bands. I wanted to like I love it. get the accolades. I'm like, I found this person. They're dope. They're out. I wanted to be that person, right? Yeah. And then God was like, that sounds cool, but um, I'm going to put you over here real quick. <laughs> nah. <laughs> then over here. <laughs> then back over. Like, so all these different detours I had, right? And I remember by the time I find God around to doing A&R, I was like, kind of have bigger aspirations now because I've seen so many other things, right, you know, right. And I thought they were detours, but they were just like another path, you know? So mm-hmm. learning how to deal with those detours, you yeah, know, and like reframing them. Re- <laughs> reframing is a big is reframing. A, that's, that's, that's a, that is a very valuable exercise. If anybody's, yeah. if anyone's listening, that's interested in reframing, a very simple explanation is, you basically write something down that you're struggling with and then you flip it into something positive mm-hmm. or you flip it into, how would you describe reframing? You choose another perspective. You choose another perspective. There it is. It doesn't necessarily have to be positive. Mm-hmm. It can just be another perspective. Exactly. Another perspective. Yeah. You know, and just, it can, and by you, I think by you thinking that way, you think differently. It opens up more opportunities for you to think about something different. Totally. Just by another perspective. I remember one time I did this thing. I could procrastinate at times. I did this, this polarity chart and procrastination and Bobby made me go through the did benefits. procrastinate on it? <laughs> Tried to. Yeah. He was like, we're going to do this right now. <laughs> so I did this polarity chart and like saw I reframe procrastination. Okay. To what? So like, for instance, like, you know, I hood off on getting back to somebody about something, right? Yeah. And, you know, and I felt bad by not getting back to them. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, I, was like, I didn't have the answer they needed. Right. So I had to go do the work to get the answer. So when I got back to them, it was a reason for the conversation. Otherwise, it's just rhetoric. Right. Hey, I got your email. I'm working on it. <laughs> right. You know, I can actually go do the work and come back and say, you know, thanks for reaching out. Here's what's happening. So it's not really procrastination. Yeah. You were just being efficient. It's efficiency. You know, <laughs> yeah. it wasn't just like, I wasn't just buying time. Right. You know, so right. understanding things like that, just reframing those kind of things. Yeah. And that could be done in any kind of simple situation or circumstance. <laughs> Crucial skills. <laughs> Crucial skills. <laughs> For real. Um, totally going to change gears, but one thing I'm really interested in okay. um, is food yes. and drink and physical health. Okay. Um I don't know where we should start, but when you started to do some more work on your ego and, and yourself and kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, meditate and, and just become more aware of how you're feeling and how, yeah. how your, your mental is, what were some of the physical things you started noticing that you either were deficient in or that were improving? I think I started noticing how just certain foods affected 
my body mm-hmm. physically, mm-hmm. you know, and noticing that. And also I just felt lighter mm-hmm. overall. Mm-hmm. Um, and just small things, even when I start sleeping more, like you can lean out from sleeping, just like you pick up atrophy, just when you're atrophied and you're like moving around, you're not taking care of yourself. That can change your physicality too. Yeah. So just learn things like that, you know, yeah. and then I started, got, I got heavy into yoga in the last six or seven months. Uh-huh. And that's been an extension of my, my inner work. Wow. Too, okay. You know, and yeah. like I've created more flexibility in my mind. I have more flexibility in my physicality. It's so real. Too, Cause it's, it's connected. So real. <laughs> it's connected, <laughs> yeah. you know? So, and I didn't, I never knew that. And like, I was never really big into yoga. Shout out to Hill House, Brooklyn. Um, but it just, it's changed my life and it's changed how like I'll do dumb shit now. Like <laughs> if I drop something on the ground, I'll stretch extra hard to get that instead of bending my knees because I want to just stretch, stretch my body. You know, I like, feel you 500%. <laughs> exactly. You know, just like moving around, you know, yeah. like it just being, I think when I'm, when I'm flexible in my physicality, I'm flexible in my mind. hundred percent. It's like, like an athlete, you're training your mind, you're training your body. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then diet came into that. I mean, I changed my diet a couple of years ago. And I, I'm probably like 90% gluten-free. Mm-hmm. I don't have celiac, but I just wanted to try it. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that I felt clearer, less yeah. foggier. I slept better. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously your weight changes and things like that, but I just, I felt better overall. Right. You know? So, I mean, on a basic level, I mean, realistically speaking, it feels like gluten, it's, it's a sticky substance, right? Mm-hmm. So it just kind of slows your body down a little yeah. bit. I mean, from a very macro perspective without getting scientific, but yeah. just thinking about gluten, it's it's kind of like this this sticky thing. Yeah. <laughs> like It it's, makes sense that it would kind of slow you down. Right. And I thought, to be honest with you, when the gluten-free thing really became an got integrated into the zeitgeist. I was like, oh, this is like a marketing thing. Oh, this is LA. Yeah, this is some LA <laughs> shit. So these chips can cost $2 more because they're yeah. gluten-free, right? Yeah. And I started eating like that and I was like, wow, my clothes fit differently. Okay. I sleep better. Okay. You know, like I have more energy. Do you notice like right away? Over time, you Over know, time. but like, but what I did notice when I started putting gluten back in my diet, my body was like, fam, what? Really? What, what, what's happening right now? Like yeah. I, I felt sluggish. I felt lethargic. Yeah. You know, but I wasn't, and what's crazy is back in the day, I would eat certain foods at night that had gluten and I would just every night without fail, I'll have allergies and start sneezing and mm. like, and I stopped eating those things, never had it again. <laughs> I was like, it's a mystery. It's a miracle. Message. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. And then what about like your health, your fitness? Like, how do you stay moving? Um, Aside of yoga, shout out Heal House. Heal House. <laughs> um, I work out. Um, yeah. Couple times a week with friends, with my um, my boys Tristan, Joe, and Alzo at the Best Star Y. Hey, oh the Y, the Y. Yes. Oh my God, I was a Y kid. The, I grew up with the Y. Shout out the Y. I was I big was up YMCA. Splash camp. I did all. That I was a junior lifeguard. Big up Western <laughs> YMCA, Houston, Texas. But um, hey. but me and Alzo, we work out, and it's just also our way just to have our brotherhood thing, and yeah. we just talk about yeah. life stuff, and it's a quiet workout as well. And we just, and I feel, I mean, it just feels good, and you know, like. Yeah. I live not too far from my gym and we go work out seven in the morning, Mondays and Wednesdays. And without fail, six thirty I wake up, I'm just kinda like I'm trying to go to the gym right now. And then I think about it, I was like, here's some facts. <laughs> You're already awake. It's a ten minute bike ride away. Yes. Your father is sick, he cannot do this. And you are able bodied. Facts. You have no reason not to go and show up. 
And I realized like, if I don't show up for myself in that way, I can't expect, I can't, no one else can show up for me like that. You so know? true. So true. I got to suit up every day and whatever that means for me. So like, and I always, and I know I feel infinitely better after I do that. And my days are differently. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I show up better. I feel empowered. My, my posture is better. I, mm-hmm. My presence is stronger. Like I just feel better. You feel like you have better conversations and exactly. interact with people differently. Yeah. You feel confident and like, you know, yeah. and not in an arrogant way. You just feel more. Like you're strong. You're strong. You're strong. Yeah. You feel strong. So like we went this morning, we got destroyed. <laughs> What's, painful. Destroyed, what's destroyed look like? Like laying down, like gasping for air, <laughs> you know. But it's but we push one another though. You oh, know? that's nice. Yeah. yeah. So you got like little camaraderie. Yeah. For your we fitness. got jokes. You know, <laughs> well, you got jokes. We 7 got certain people who don't show up on time. We don't show up, and we just crack when they come back. We just we crack on them. Okay. <laughs> so it's 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 our crew though, and yeah. it's it's funny because. Sometimes some of the other classes that happen there, mm-hmm. people leave those classes and come work out with us. We're not trainers. We just work out yeah. together. Yeah. They're like, can I jump in? I was like, yeah, bro, we're not, we're not certified to be here doing this. But like, Looks like you guys know what you're doing. Right. Come on in. You know? So it's fun, though. You know? yeah. and, and I learned just for myself, like, I need movement. Yeah. Movement for, just, for energy, for ideas. I need movement. And it, when I feel stuck, movement usually helps pivot me out of that in some way. Me too, 5,000%. Yeah. Yeah very apparent these days especially living in new york Mm -hmm. like you have to your body has to be strong yeah like you have to be able to withstand not only like all the bullshit yeah like verbal stuff but like you literally are schlepping around all All day day. long yeah you're (laughs) on your feet all day you're moving like yeah it's a it's it's truly a grind it's literally a grind and then you you know you're an entrepreneur and you like you have to stay healthy too like you can't you can't you're not calling out sick Mm-mm. Be like sick, working. Cause your your rent's not calling out sick. Yeah. Rent's like I'm here on the first fan. <laughs> you know, like, rent's like you better have some tea for me. <laughs> exactly right. What uh, What are you looking forward to? Um, I'm looking forward to things um, like projects I've been incubating on for a long time. Us at Humble Riot coming into fruition, coming out into the world. What, what's Humble Riot? You tell tell us. A oh little yeah, about Humble, Humble Riot. Riot. Humble Riot's my little company. Um, we focus on music curation, uh, social impact and cultural programming. And what I mean by programming is like, you know, we, we tell stories, you yeah. know, amplify powerful voices that are impactful, right? Through food, technology, um, art, mm-hmm. you know, like all aspects of storytelling. And, um, mm-hmm. one thing I'm excited about is two good friends of mine, Diallo and Bashir, uh, created their sh- the show called Southside coming out on Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. And, um, they tapped me to music supervise the show, which is like a bucket list thing for me for my entire life. And that's coming out in the summertime. And I've got a chance to work on it with them. And shout out to Run P. Hey. Uh, shout out to Paul Heck, who been helping me on this. And, and it just, it, it's a lifelong dream of mine to do this work. Yeah. And, and it, I remember when I auditioned for the role, I was sitting there making this playlist for them. And I was like legit smiling the entire time. Because <laughs> I, I always watch TV and film with my own soundtrack right. in my head. I was like, I can do this for real. And of just and, and also put on artists that I, they're in my community that I love and that, that I want right. to give opportunities to. Because you're a fire a r still. Still doing A&R. <laughs> Those detours. You know, the full detour, circle. Full circle. It was no detour. So I'm excited about that. Um, um, I'm excited about some stuff I'm doing with um, the infatuation. Mm-hmm. Um, they have an amazing food festival called EatsCon. They tapped us to program all the f- cultural content, music, combos, and all things food and culinary for the last couple of years. So we're going into our third year this year. Sweet. 
and just excited about learning. I mean, I'm really fascinated just about learning new things, mm-hmm. even things that I, I know nothing about or don't affect my business in any way. Like even yeah. when I was reading that new earth, like reading about how flowers came into the earth, I was like, this is dope. <laughs> I won't, have yes. a, I won't get a check from someone else because I know about flowers and how they emerge from the ground. <laughs> but I mean, I just love those. I just love learning. Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. What else? What else have you been learning from? Like other sources? Yeah, what other sources? People, places, um, people, friends, talking yeah. to people like you. Hey. Put me up on game. Oh my god! Constantly, stop. all the time. Craft talk. Craft. <laughs> Craft. Craft talk. <laughs> but just like really being. A student of life, you know, like mm-hmm. I've been put in situations like through my work where I've been called an expert and things like that. And as I got older, I don't believe in that. I believe in, I feel like if you're an expert, you, you declare to stop learning. Oh, right. And you can always learn more. Yeah. That's not just anyone calls himself an expert. I mean, we're all proficient in certain things. Right. right. And I, I know I'm good at a lot of things, some things I'm learning, but we're, we can always learn more. You know, so that's how so much I'm like in the university of life yeah. right now, you know, and like, I'm not sure if I'm a freshman or a senior, but like, who cares? I show up for class every day, man. You know? Wow. Nice. <laughs> well, thank you for coming to my class. Or thank you for having me. <laughs> I appreciate it. Definitely. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. I hope you enjoyed yourself on Current Mood. Stay tuned for our next episode.